Hello everyone, Pastor Cooper here, and welcome to The Midweek, uh, one of CFC's kind of podcast episode stylings in our CFC podcast channel. Um, This is simply just an opportunity for myself, Pastor Mark, and other guests to talk more um, from our Sunday messages or from other cultural moments that are happening, and to do so from a biblical perspective. Well, right now, um, we just started a summer series in the month of June, for the rest of summer, in the book of Romans. And so we're going to be doing a lot of just unpacking more of what Paul is saying to the church in Rome and just some of the deep theological things that are there. So throughout this summer, we're going to be talking more and more about the book of Romans, unpacking some of those real deep theological nuggets that are there. And so we are excited about this. Uh, We might have some other little kind of episodes here and there throughout the summer. But I want to also say we have scripture journals and other journaling methods um, for you to use just to help dive into the book of Romans during this series. We're calling it The Simple Gospel. That's the book of Romans, The Simple Gospel, and how Paul really gives that theme throughout his entire letter. So, um, yeah, so coming up, here is this week's episode. All right, well, welcome to the midweek. It's Pastor Cooper and Pastor Mark. Hello, everyone. Yeah, yeah. so we've been having some hot weather lately. It's been good. It's, it's been, been nice. really good. So today's Monday. It's supposed to be like high 80s today, I think. Yeah. Yesterday, Sunday was like high 80s, mm-hmm. and it's nice. So we both love doing outdoor stuff, we fishing, do. hunting. Yeah. And so you've gotten your boat ready to go. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So are you like, like what's like some of the lakes you're going to like hit first that you feel like, I want to go here and start bass fishing? Um, I, I like to hit silver. I like to hit clear, but I don't know why because I never catch fish there. <laughs> um, I think I just like the lake. It's but clear. It's clear that yeah. you should not not go there. Go there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, silver hit silver. Um, I'd like to hit Sprague this year. I've heard that yeah. the, the smallmouth is pretty good there, and I've never done it. It's one of the most underfished lakes in the like. State. Yeah, and I've heard that, and yeah. I've heard it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. Um, and then you know, like to hit diamond up by my mm-hmm. father-in-law lives there and it's it's really good actually yeah um it's it's kind of a stellar fishing lake mm-hmm. and kind of a gem yep. so yeah no pun intended diamond yep. lake. It's no pun gem. intended it's a gem <laughs> yeah that's right yeah Very nice. i hear liberty's going good my friend bobby yeah. is loving liberty right now and he yeah. catches fish constantly so yeah he was saying Shout that liberty bobby. is like again nobody fishes it yeah like just nobody fishes it yeah. and he goes out there all the time and just slays yeah, the bass. I know. I mean, the pictures he shows me, I'm just like, oh my word. I know. He's he's pretty good at catching fish, yeah. though. Yeah. And you, you catch a lot of fish if you go fishing a lot. Right. He goes fishing yes, a lot. That's right. Yeah. When you fish <laughs> when three you, or when four times ratio, a week. Yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Bobby, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good doing, job, Bobby. Send us more pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We just got our... So we've been blessed. So we've been living here for six years in our house. Um, we have a pool in our house. It awesome. came with it. We didn't, oh, man. not anything that we were looking for, but it just happened. Right. Cool God story. And so the house has an in-ground pool. And so this summertime we're, we're loving it. Oh yeah. So yesterday was kind of the first official, well, Saturday kind of was, we had Theo's birthday party. It's kind of, but it's cold. Right. It wasn't like the best swimming yeah. day, but yesterday was. Yesterday was good though. It was perfect. Yeah. It Is was the fun. water warming up? Uh, yeah. So our heater broke. <laughs> oh, it has a heater. Nice. It, yeah. We have a pool heater for yeah. it and it's great. Usually we get up to like the mid eighties, Yeah, but it's broken right now yeah. and we don't want to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, eh, like it's okay. And right. so right now the, the temp yesterday was like 72, 73. Right. 
it was kind of cold, but yeah. it was like the refreshing cold. Yeah. Like we were jumping into a lake on a hot day and it yeah. was like, oh, this is nice. And after 20 seconds, you're like used to it and yeah. you're doing fun stuff and all those yeah. things. So, Do you have one of yeah. those pool covers that heats the water? We do not. Okay. Yeah. Because our pool, it's like a weird decagon shape. Right. So there's no pool cover that will um, fit it and stuff. And with our dog, Wally, we can't have a pool <laughs> cover on there because if he jumps in, it'll like... Oh. Right. S- suffocate them. And right. that would be bad that'd, stuff. That'd be bad. Although yeah. yesterday it was funny. So I have a 90 pound chocolate lab. My brother, um, they just got a new puppy, a golden retriever named Gus Gus. He's like 10 weeks old. Just the cutest thing. More like a super cool dog, like super awesome dog. And they were both just kind of walking around the pool. And Wally is just a bull in a China shop. And he knocked Gus Gus into the pool. Uh-oh. First time Gus has ever been in water, Uh-oh. ever. And he swam. Like, he did. Pretty good, yeah. He, did he doggy paddle? Yeah, he, he, like, he actually uh-huh. went horizontal and started doggy paddling. And then after like 10 seconds, he freaked out and then went vertical and started like sinking. So I like <laughs> jumped like on the cement and like grabbed him just by the edge of the pool and stuff. Yeah. And, but he wasn't, it, it was, it was, it, he was good. Like yeah. you're thinking, oh no, he's going to be like traumatized with water. But yeah. he was loving it and he was happy and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Gus Gus got his first swim of his life. Sweet. Wally just body checking him into the (laughs) pool. (laughs) It was really funny because literally Wally was just barely walking and Gus is right next to him because Gus just loves Wally and just kind of like infatuated with him. And Wally's like, I don't care about you. Yeah. And Wally just was walking and like there was a narrowing area where he had to walk through and he just, his hip just barely touched Gus Gus and he went like (laughs) flying into the pool. It was, it was hilarious. Nice little hip check. Yeah. 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 But Yeah. yeah, so summertime's here. So we're excited to. Yeah. Do some pool time and, and hang out and all that good stuff. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. So yeah. well, um, we are in our Roman studies. Yep. And we just did our second week um this last Sunday of talking through the book of Romans. So it's our whole summer. It's called the Simple Gospel. We're just literally unpacking um just not really chapter by chapter, but more like some larger themes mm-hmm. through the entire book of Romans. And as a church, we're reading through the whole book three times. Yeah. Once each month, we're going to read through the book of Romans. Um, and so what we're going to do in these podcasts, again, are just kind of dig out some other things that maybe we don't have enough time to cover on a Sunday message, or there's just so much goodness and richness in Paul's letter that we right. want another avenue to at least have some conversation on and just to talk more in depth on and just relate that into our own lives and all that good stuff. And so... Um, what, what I want to do is kind of just talk a little bit about the end of, of chapter one. Because um, yeah. we our last po- podcast was kind of stopped at the middle of chapter one. Right. And it talks about, um, uh, Paul does, how basically any, like nobody's without excuse of knowing right. that who God is. And he kind of gives this whole long argument. And so my question, Mark, that I always have when reading through this is like, I get it. It's like, yeah, no one's out without excuse because they see God in creation and through just all that good stuff. Does that still apply to like people who have never been in contact with people? Like yeah. they're still, I, I, I think so. I'm not like, a, I don't know the whole anthropological side of it. I think there's still tribes that have not yeah. had contact with people yet in our, in our current day. I don't know if that's true or not. So I think I there's, I think there's still some. Okay. Yeah. Um, so does that like even apply to them? Like, yeah. is, it, is that what Paul is basically addressing mm-hmm. in this? Yeah, I think he is. And I think that's kind of the point he's making is that all of us, whether we have ever had a contact with somebody who talked to us about Jesus or not, we all are without excuse because creation reveals the goodness of God and it reveals the salvation of God and it reveals 
that we want a relationship with him. Um, and and he, we have to remember he's also talking to a Gentile, partly Gentile crowd in mm-hmm. the book of Romans, partly Jewish, partly Gentile. And so what he's also saying is you Gentiles who, you know, you've ne- you never had an opportunity to know who Jesus was. All you've ever known is the mythological gods of the mm-hmm. Romans and the Greeks. And nobody's ever talked to you about Jesus, yet you've you, you've been able to see who God is just in creation. You can you can recognize it. You can see it around you. And I think that applies for those that are, you know, tribes that are deep in the Amazon jungle, things like that. Um, they have that as well. Um, I've shared this story before, but um, I had a, used to play racquetball with the president of our Bible college all the time, and he was a missionary in the Amazon jungle. Mm-hmm. And I always used to say, hey, share, share with me a story about that. And um, he shared a story with me once. This probably happened in the 60s, but um, 1960s, that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, he got to help a tribe um, who were cannibals come to know mm. Christ. And the whole tribe came to know Christ. Everybody came together. Very spiritual moment. And, and so uh, over the years, they started to pray for the tribes that were up the river that they used to fight against and war against and eat and all kinds mm. of things. So kind of crazy, different lifestyle than we have. Um, but after a couple years, about three or four years of just praying for them, they they decided, hey, we need we need to go see if we can talk to them about Jesus. And um, all they had done so far was just pray. And uh, he's, they, they said normally it, it would take a couple days to get up the river in a canoe. You know, it was quite a ways. Mm-hmm. But um, once they got there, they said it, it would always end up in like a little canoe naval battle right in the river where they're shooting arrows at one another it was never a peaceful thing you never so they show up at the at the village and they're welcomed and they're like this is weird like what's Mm -hmm. is this a tactic to eat us all or, or what's happening here and what happened is they they end up going right into the chief and the the chief's tent and the um house really kind of and the um spiritual person of the tribe was there and they shared a story with them about how all of the tribe one night had a dream about the creator God who sent his son Mm. to die on a tree for their salvation. Wow. And obviously that probably happened because they were praying (laughs) for that to happen. But the whole tribe, that whole tribe got saved and Mm. nobody ever talked to them about Jesus. Wow. God just supernaturally Mm. did that. And then it was interesting. They began to, notice and realize that they were in this kind of this cycle of kind of nonsense where for a while they would believe that fire was their God, but then they would be like, Oh, water can put the fire out. Okay. So water's now our God. And mm-hmm. then they'd realize, Oh, we can dam up the water with rocks. So rocks are now our God or, and they would just go through these cycles mm-hmm. of just nonsense believing that we're just cyclical and mm-hmm. they would just keep them in patterns of of struggle and never really mm-hmm. seeing God, the creator for who he is. And um, so you hear stories like that, that mm-hmm. are true, that people notice from creation, the the God around them and they, they choose to serve him. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, I'll hear a story about somebody that's just hiking in the woods and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's talking to him about Jesus and they just realize, gosh, this can't all be a mistake. Mm-hmm. It can't all be random, yeah. random, yeah mutations of matter Mm -hmm. um this just that just can't be what it is so what what is out here that i feel when i'm out here Mm -hmm. when i'm in this beautiful 
mountainside. What is this that I love out here so much? And as they mm. dis- they they begin to discover that yeah. that's God. So so I think from so from this verse, what you're saying is like yeah yeah Paul is saying no one is without yeah. excuse. No one's without excuse. Yeah. yeah, like and and God knows that God's yep. heart is there. Mm-hmm. Which not only I think like what you're saying like that tribe was praying for their tribe. So that gives yeah. us action points of like of to be prayerful people. Yeah. People who are also putting action to that, yeah. but also trusting that God is also doing his part. Like, so, I mean, yeah. you and Kate have always said this, and it's something that I've taken a lot, is like our part, God's part, their part. Like, that's right. Yeah, That's always the like system mm-hmm. that we got to do. And so I think it's always important to know that like, yeah, yeah we have to still do our part. Mm-hmm. God's always going to do his part. He's always going to be faithful. And yeah. so we got to be faithful to our part so they can respond. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember where this verse is. I wish I remember. But the verse that talks about, um, you know, if we seek Him with all our heart, He will. He He, he will find us. Is it is James it, four? Draw close James to God. Yeah, he'll draw he'll close to you. Well, that's a different one. That's okay. not the one I was thinking okay, of. But yeah. that's that's yeah. another good example. Yeah. Um, but I think the verse is in one of the prophets, major prophets or something. Okay. But that, you know, is. Yeah. And it's, I think it's shared several times mm-hmm. throughout scripture. Sure, different, yeah, different it's that points concept. in different ways. It's yeah. that concept that if it, that if we seek God out, He's right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's waiting. Yeah. He's waiting to be in relationship with us. I mean, He's probably mm-hmm. on pins and needles just mm-hmm. for every single person on the planet to just yeah. acknowledge Him, and He'll be right there to yeah. say, "Here I am. I love yep. you. I want relationship with you." Yep, for sure. That's good. And then Paul later in that in this section goes on just a whole long list of just right. things that like the culture and people are doing that are just yeah. sinful and evil. But then what I love is when he goes into um, chapter two is he just says, "Oh, and by the way, you think you're better than them?" Right. Yes. <laughs> He's talking yeah. to like the, the Jews of that time and just yeah. the, the people who are who are claiming to be Christ followers, but also have a lot of their past life that's like mm-hmm. intertwined. He's just trying to separate all that stuff and. He's like you. You're not any better, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're worse off in a way because you know the, the truth, truth and you don't do and it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where I want to get into some some good conversation. Yeah. And I think something that we were talking about earlier too, before recording this podcast, is as a reader to be reminded that this is one long letter that, right. that Paul is writing, yeah. and it's a very long letter. Yeah. It's longer than the typical letter of its time. And so he's mm-hmm. he's writing logical arguments that he's mm-hmm. setting up earlier. Right. So like for us, it'd be like setting up in chapter two that he answers later in chapter three or yeah. chapter or six. Or four or yeah. seven. Yeah. And so I think we have to also have this understanding that when we're reading through this, mm-hmm. don't expect that like chapter two will have all the answers. Right. Because there have, were no chapters. Right. It was just one long scroll. Right. And whoever is reading this is just reading it all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And so one of my uh, Bible professors was saying, like, we at church get so, like, bent out of shape if we go over 35 minutes on a sermon. Right. He's like, they would sit for two hours oh, in yeah. silence a yeah. lot of times as somebody just reads this letter. Read a long scroll. And just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just let this speak over them because they were so hungry and so starving right. for, like, what is, you know, what's God going to speak and all that stuff. Yeah. And and then somebody would probably say, hey, read it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. sure okay. Everybody sure. sit yeah, back everybody down. Everybody sit back down. Yeah. Body break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember even, even today when I went to Africa in 93, I was shocked that, mm-hmm. I mean, people would walk for eight hours yeah. to get to church. Yeah. And so I remember uh, the professor that, that took me, Dan, Dan Stewart, shout out to Dan, wherever you're at. Um, and uh, Dan let me as one of the students be someone that, you know, would share a message there. Mm -hmm. And he said, now when you're preparing, 
this, this isn't an American message. It's not a short one. It's mm-hmm. not 30 minutes. You need to talk for two hours because they're going to be upset. Wait, you, if got, they you just, got the green light to I talk got the for green. It was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then, I wasn't as good at talking for two hours. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, they would be like, dude, if I just walked eight hours to get to church and you gave me a 30-minute yeah. message and then you wanted me to go home, I would be ticked. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to be here. I'm yeah. here. I'm out. spending the night here. Yeah. So let's talk talk to me for four hours about yep. Bible stuff. You're mm-hmm. in Bible college. Tell me right. all the Bible knowledge you've learned in the past two years. You yeah. know, like spill it out right now because yeah. I'm hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, you know, could you hurry up because I got to get to Costco. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it right there. You're speaking to the choir right now, <laughs> right, man. I know. <laughs> Oh gosh. But yeah, back to your point. You're you're right. He's transitioning in chapter two. He's saying, Hey, by the way, you mm-hmm. don't get to judge anyone. Right. Even the people up above, because you do the same thing they do. Mm-hmm. And then he starts this argument that you're launching into mm-hmm. about works and faith and yeah. law and grace and go yeah. ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. And so I think um most people probably understand, but it's always a good reminder that the, the Jews and the Jewish people were very much on a moralistic type of system that the better they do, the better they look. And so it's all about doing good works and being shown that like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And so I'm a really good person. God has favor on me. And something bad happens because I'm doing something bad and there's always a reason. And so they just have this whole system that's based purely on works. Right. And that's what's going to save them is if they do a lot of good things. Right. Paul is going to demolish that basically. Um, with the person of Jesus. And so I want to do kind of two things. I want to kind of set up a little bit of the argument and give the answer right away right. and then go back to the argument. So yeah. in, in, in chapter two, this is kind of our reading from this last week in our in our reading um, time in, our, in, in the book of Romans. Chapter two, verse 13. I'm going to read from the NLT, so it might be a little bit different than what you're reading. But it says, um, this is again addressing to the Jews and the law and stuff. It says, for merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. So that verse, sometimes I'm like, oh, so is Paul saying like, if we just obey the law, like we're good. We're good then, right? Well, not necessarily. That's kind of taking that verse, I would say, out of context Mm -hmm. in the whole context of what he's saying. So I want to go forward into chapter three, um, verse 20. This is again... There's a whole lot of stuff that he's been talking and bringing context to, but he says this in verse 20 of chapter 3. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. So he just basically goes against what was kind of set up. What it seemed like he said before. So why did he say that? Which we'll get to. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Right. And so he's given us, that's where he's going. That's his answer for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think let's go back now to chapter two, um, to what he's saying. And again, you're like, okay, it seems like he says, if you just do the law, like you'll be right in God's sight. But we know the answer. He's like, no, the law just shows us how sinful we are. So Mm -hmm. what's kind of, what's this process that Paul is setting up and then taking us through right. um, just as we're reading through this? Right. Well, I think we also have to do a good job of putting it in context and you mm-hmm. did that too a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll try to remember that in, in this church, there's probably a, a good majority of people that mm-hmm. are 
Jewish by yep. nature, and then a good group of people that are Gentile, mm-hmm. probably not just Roman, because Rome was extremely diverse, right. all kinds of culture, and so there's probably people from all over the Roman Empire mm-hmm. that have come to believe in Jesus Christ, but they have no knowledge of God, which is kind of what Romans 1 is mm-hmm. talking about, right? I have no knowledge of God. I've pushed that out of my life, but now I've come to believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I heard this message of who Jesus Christ is, right. and I, I realized... That's my. That's me. Mm-hmm. I need to get saved. I need to believe by faith in Jesus. And so they mm-hmm. did. They believed by faith in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Now, so did all these Jews, but in a different way. Yeah. Who, whoever talked to them got to show them all of the law and the prophets mm-hmm. and how all of the law and the prophets pointed to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And then point out that it's kind of done mm-hmm. at the, at the, uh, Last Supper, Jesus said, I've, I'm starting a new covenant mm-hmm. in my blood. This won't be a covenant like you followed in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The covenant's in my blood. And so whole new way to approach God mm-hmm. in a different way, and that's why Jesus did all the teaching that he in did. In the final way. And the final way. This yeah. is it. No one's going to come to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. That's This is it. Um, and so this is what we've got. In the church in Rome, we've got this, this challenge that's happening. Mm-hmm. The Jewish culture that's telling... The Gentiles, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It's totally apparent to us. But you need to obey the law now. Mm-hmm. You need to follow what we've followed. And they're, they're just a little misguided in that. And they're just a little misguided that even though I believe in Jesus by faith, I still need to keep following the law. And so Paul just needs to bring some clarity to that, some direction to that. And then they're also telling the Gentiles, you know, the only way you can be you can be right by Jesus is by obeying the law. Mm-hmm. So they've got that mixed up a little bit, and Paul's going to bring some direction to that. And then they're also saying things like, you also need to get circumcised. If you want to be part of the special people of God, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got to be circumcised. And the men in the room who are adults are going, what are you talking about? No way. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, um, and so... Um, but they're like, yeah, if if you want to be if you want to be a follower of God, then you have to do this. And so Paul's going to talk about all these arguments. No, those are all just outward approaches to God, and we don't do that anymore. We have an inward approach directly to God's throne through Jesus Christ, intimate relationship like we've never had before because mm-hmm. of the cross yeah. and the resurrection. This is. I mean, that's why the temple, the veil in the temple's ripped from the top to the bottom as soon as Jesus mm-hmm. dies, right? And Jesus says, "What? It's finished." Yeah, like you don't have to approach me this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all of that is changing. But I can understand. You know, you've been living in a system for a long time, and you're like, "This mm-hmm. is the system. This is how you approach God." Yeah. And and it was God's word. So it's kind of like, "Yep, okay, we mm-hmm. need to follow that." And by the way, it was the only only word that they had on paper. So now we're getting these New Testament um, direction from Mm -hmm. the Apostle Paul. The Gospels have been written. They're probably beginning to circulate. I don't know if they've gotten all the way to Rome yet, but um, maybe some of the other letters have. But here's a letter that's really going to lay out for them. Okay, what does it mean to really follow Jesus? And he's going to make points for Jewish people, Mm -hmm. and he's going to make points for Gentile people Mm -hmm. and always point out that it's by that we're justified by faith in Jesus Christ, not Mm -hmm. by our works that the law, like you mentioned in 320, it just points out 
what mm-hmm. God's what God wants me to do. Yeah. But it doesn't make me righteous. And if I obey it, it doesn't make me better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't because I obey it. It doesn't mean I can place judgment on you because mm-hmm. I'm better. Um, it doesn't mean any of those things that the, that the Jewish culture really kind of used to mm-hmm. live out and and be. And then in, in chapter two, it's kind of interesting. After the verse that you mentioned in thirteen and fourteen, he actually says the Gentiles you that are living there, you're actually choosing because you love Jesus to live a life. Um, that is pleasing to the Lord, and you actually look like a person that's living out the law better than somebody who knows the law mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're actually being kind and compassionate and gracious, and you've changed your vocabulary, and your words are kinder and nicer, and uh, everything about your life you're trying to honor Jesus with, and you actually look like someone that's that's obeying the law better than someone who knows the law who can't obey the law because they're frustrated and, sh- and stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting how that all works and and, and Paul's going to continue this argument. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think something that um, I was just rereading again that is just super powerful, he's reading that he's writing, it's at the end of chapter 2, so starting in verse 28 um, through, I guess, 29. Yeah, 29. Um, he says this, I'm reading from the NLT, again, addressing the Jews and where they've put all these things in, they think they're better than the other people, like, they commit adultery and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, haven't you guys done those things? Mm-hmm. He's just calling them out. But he says this, for you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. Mm-hmm. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of the heart produced by the spirit. Nothing that man can do, nothing right. at all, but yeah. only what God can do. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. There's so much power in that. And yeah. it's reminding me, I'm trying to find that. It's in the end of Deuteronomy where Moses is passing the baton. And he basically just at the end of his life says, hey, you guys are messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to continue to fail right. and be further and further from God. It's not going to happen until God changes your heart. Right. Truly transforms your heart. And that's what Paul's saying here. Yeah. He says it's not about the outward things about Mm -hmm. the inward change that only happens through the spirit, not through following the law and doing this and that and that praying this way, doing this, doing that. He said, no, it's only by the spirit that a person with a changed heart then seeks praise from God, not from people. And that was the message of the minor and major prophets too. Yeah, They would come along and say, you know what? God's tired of your sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. He's tired of you obeying the law when you, when you don't even really care mm-hmm. to obey him, you just want to look good on the outside, but your heart's dark and black and hard mm-hmm. and you, you don't really love people at all. You mm-hmm. hate everyone around you. And so the major and minor prophets said that a lot too, that, mm-hmm. you know, it won't be until you, you really work out this deep work of repentance mm-hmm. and say, you know, I, I need to let God completely change my heart that I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes into um, the next chapter where he's just like, so then what's the advantage of, what's the advantage of being a Jew? <laughs> he's just kind of right. like, uh, is there, yeah. I mean, am I just throwing the baby out the bathwater? He's like, no, like, no, like not at there all. There are some advantages. Yeah. Yes, and he for goes sure. into that. And I think one of the things that we want to talk about, and he's essentially kind of talking about hypocrisy, I, right. I, I would say, is a lot of times in our current church culture, people are just tired of hypocrites, which yes, yes. we should be tired of hypocrites, yeah. right? So he's saying like, well, because there was some Jews, well, 
not some, a lot of Jews yeah. <laughs> who yeah. were unfaithful. Does that mean that God's just invalid? Right. Like what they're basically making the claim of God invalid because of what they did. Yeah. He says, no, not at all. But maybe speak a little bit more yeah. on what is Paul saying about just God's faithfulness, even if there are people who claim to be holy, mm-hmm. but are just not living it out. Yeah. And that's, I guess what, I mean, in, in a sense, damaging the witness, but yeah, but what is, what is God, or what, what is Paul saying about God's role? Yeah. I think, I think there is, there's a great theological argument here in verse chapter three, verse three and four and following. And I think it's, it's something that I hear a lot as a pastor and that we probably hear a lot in culture. And that is that, you know, when I look at the church, I see a bunch of hypocrites. Mm. I see a bunch of people that are unfaithful to God, that are living just like I'm living, Mm -hmm. doing the same things I'm doing. So why would I choose to live that way? Why Mm -hmm. would I choose to to be a Christian? Mm -hmm. And on one hand, that makes a lot of sense because it's like, yeah, we in the church, we should be living for Christ. We should be modeling the life of Christ. We shouldn't be, you know, we should be living to help people have no excuse Mm -hmm. for Jesus as well. Um, That is true. But the question goes deeper, and that is this. You can say that about me as a human. That's fine, because I'm, it's true. I'm a, yeah. I'm a hypocrite, and I fail, and I do wrong things. But, but the argument that Paul's going to make is, here's the problem with that, with that statement and with, with that philosophical viewpoint. God is still faithful, and you're not accountable to us as men. You're not accountable to the church. You're accountable to him. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you die... <laughs> You're going to stand before God, not before me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stand before my hypocrisy. You're yeah. going to stand before his holiness. And that's what you'll be made accountable to, to what you believed about him, not what you believed about me or about the church or about anything like that. So the argument falls apart because Paul would say, you know, is there an advantage to being a Jew? Well, yeah, the advantage is, you know, we have the word of God and the Messiah came through the Jewish culture and all that's good. And that'd be some of the positives of the Jewish culture. But then he says, but what if some were, in verse 3, what if some were unfaithful? So what he's saying is we can look back in Jewish history and see tons of unfaithfulness, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, it doesn't take you very long yeah. to read through the book of Judges and First and mm-hmm. Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles to go, good night already. Yeah. D- did you ever figure it out? <laughs> um, and so, you know, just this up and down relationship that mm-hmm. they had with God and then the horrible evil that they'd get caught up in and then God mm-hmm. would rescue them. And that was a cycle for about a thousand years. Um, So does that unfaithfulness, does the unfaithfulness of man to God nullify God's faithfulness? And the answer is no, not at all. God is still faithful. I mean, one of the things that is so amazing, just, I mean, good night, the goodness of God, is the story of Jesus Christ. I mean, Mm -hmm. why would you leave heaven and come to earth and die on a cross for a bunch of hypocrites? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's that's the truth. Mm-hmm. We're all a bunch of hypocrites. We're all a bunch of liars and thieves and adulterers, mm-hmm. and that's who we are when yeah. we don't live for God. Why would God come and do that for us? Because He's faithful. Because mm-hmm. He loves us. Uh, because even when we were stuck in our sin and hated God, He loved us. Yeah, that's the story. That's the gospel. That's the God that we serve. That's yeah. Jesus that he is going to rescue us and he loves us Mm -hmm. in spite of our unfaithfulness. And so man's unfaithfulness, please hear me if you're out there and you're thinking, man, I can't go to church because they're a bunch of hypocrites. 
join the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's life. Yeah. That's where it is. Please don't be the person that says, I'm not going to be in relationship with God because mm-hmm. of what I see men doing. We're always going to fail. That's mm-hmm. who we are. God doesn't. And so grab a hold of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you came into the church and believed in Jesus Christ, you're still going to fail too. Yeah. So you don't want somebody to say that about you as well for, for you to be the reason that somebody didn't come to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's based on him. And so we have to remember that um, while we're all trying our best, we're on this daily mm-hmm. lifelong journey of ups and downs, failures and good mm-hmm. times in the end. It's not about our faithfulness. It's about mm-hmm. his. Yeah, that's good. And that's, I mean, essentially why we're doing this series. Right. Uh, the simple yeah. gospel is it is just the the whole crux of it is simplistic. Yes. Is that yeah. Christ took our punishment. Right. Christ came down. Christ's sacrifice, his resurrection is what gives us yeah. the, 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 the win. I yes. Mean, right. We don't, we're no longer tied down by what it has been in the law and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I want to read just a little bit in Romans 3, 21, maybe go through a couple of verses here. And it says, this is in context again. So Romans three twenty was that like answer, so to speak of like, you know, do we follow the law? And Paul says, no. Like mm-hmm. the law simply shows us how sinful we are. And he goes mm-hmm. in verse 21, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of of our sins. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on more and more and just talks on the, I guess the, the whole part of Jesus's sacrifice and the blood and all that stuff. But I mean, that's just, that's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. That it's no longer the law. It's no longer what we can do. Right. It's what God has done right. for us. And that's yeah. just flips the whole economy upside down. It does with what has been established with the Jewish people have really held on to. Mm-hmm. And, we, I mean, I like even like to ask you. It's probably what has still kept a lot of Jews from not from saying today. Yeah. yes to Jesus because it's mm-hmm. just this tradition. Yeah, like well, this is how it's always has been, right. and this is what our generations and all sorts of stuff is. They're just holding on to that old economy yeah. of how to earn God's favor, and it's like, yeah. no, it's it's not through works; it's through your faith, right, by grace that you are saved. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul says in multiple of his letters. The yeah. same exact theme. It is. And I think it, it somewhat goes back to, to the justice of God. That's why we have that word. It's not in New Living, but in NIV, you're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. There's this, there's this theology, right, in the Jewish culture that the way that I'm justified, the way that I'm made right, that, it's, that, that I'm made right before God and that I will be able to stand before a just God mm-hmm. And, and be allowed to enter heaven is I did a whole bunch of right things. Mm-hmm. So my righteousness and my choice to be righteous and my actions, uh, that my righteous actions outweighed mm-hmm. my unrighteous actions. Yeah. And as a result, because God is just, he will look at my life and say, okay, your good outweighed your bad, so you're in. So that, that structure, that mindset, that theological viewpoint Paul is destroying 
because he's saying, first of all, here's the problem. All of us have sinned. All of us are stuck in the power of sin, he even said in chapter 3, verse 9. All of us, Jews and Gentiles, we're all stuck under the power of sin. And here's the problem. It only takes one sin Mm -hmm. to not get us into heaven. So because God is holy, he's 100% holy, and so he cannot be in the presence of unholiness. Mm -hmm. So it's only one sin that makes us unholy. And so therefore, we're no longer righteous. Yeah. So now Paul says, now, now you have a problem because your, your righteousness mm-hmm. cannot undo the one thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So we needed someone to come and make us righteous. Now, this is a totally new concept that Jesus, the Messiah, that his blood on the cross paid for my sin. And I'm declared righteous because of him, not because of me. That's a, that's flipping it on its ear. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Are you telling me, so now are you telling me I don't have to do anything? I don't have to do anything. I just believe in Jesus and I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yep. How can that be? Mm-hmm. How, you mean I don't have to do anything? Well, you don't have to do anything to get into heaven, but you certainly should do some things after that because mm-hmm. you notice how good God is and how good Jesus is and you want to model a life and you want the whole world to see Jesus mm-hmm. through you. But you're not doing the good things because you want to get saved. Mm-hmm. You're doing the good things because you want the world to see right. Jesus through you. And that's the difference. The Jews were saying, I'm going to be saved and make it into heaven because of the good things I do. And Paul's saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get into heaven that way. The only way you're getting into heaven is by believing by faith in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who was the only perfect one and who paid for your sin on the cross. Your faith in him is going to uh, is what enters you into heaven. What you do with your life after that is is your your gift to God. Mm-hmm. Your your life for him. And that obviously matters. Yeah. Because if you say, okay, well, I believe in Jesus and I said a prayer and I'm good, and then you keep living mm. an evil, sinful life, then what you're actually saying is, uh, no, I, I really didn't believe in Jesus. Right. Because if I did, if I, if I understand the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God that is available to me through the horrible death of Jesus on a cross, then I'm going to say, what can I do to give you my life? Because that was be awesome. A response yes, that. this is a response. Because mm-hmm. that was awesome. What you did for me was so awesome. I want to live my life for you. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think we're getting close to probably the end of our time. Yeah. And as a reminder, as we were talking, um, I heard this little snippet on the radio from Greg Laurie yeah. um, down in California. And he was talking, it was like a semi joke thing about this thing. And he was saying, you know, a guy passes away, comes to the gates, and Peter's there. And, you know, he's like, Hey, like you, you want to come to heaven? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, why would I let you in? He's like, well, I'm a really good guy. You know, he's just talking about this. And he's like, oh, I, like, did you obey your parents? He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, except, you know, like when I was a kid, there were some times he's like, well, can't let you in. He's like, well, what about like, I was really good to like the poor people and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, like, did you give all your money away? He's like, well, no, no, no. And he goes through like, you know, list after list after list. And Peter's kind of like, I don't know. Like, seems like you weren't perfect. And, and the guy finally goes, man, seems like only by the grace of God, I can get into heaven. And Peter goes, Yep. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think it's just a good reminder that it really is only through the grace of God that we, this is all works. This all right. happens and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I think we're kind of through 
midway through chapter three. Yep. Um, and just talking about some more of these deeper themes in, in Romans. And, and we might go back, you know, throughout the summer yeah. to some yeah. other parts of it if we feel like we wanted to bring out some more things. So. Well, and I think we will because it's kind of all intertwined. Yeah, he's, very he's making, true. He's making, mm-hmm. he's going to say things now that he'll talk about later mm-hmm. and you can go back and forth yeah. because of the arguments he's yeah. making. Yeah. That's good. But yeah, I just want to always encourage us to keep reading um, through our reading plan. And again, as we get into like the month of July and August, we'll be reading it through the second and third time. We're going to give some other kind of study tools and methods in this process. So it's not like boring (laughs) as we're reading through the, the, um, through, through Romans again and again and again. But um, if there's questions that come up, like let us know, post side at church or text us or email us. Yeah. Um, Just maybe some things are like, Hey, like this is kind of, what is, what is Paul saying here? Cause we're going to get into some fun theology in a yeah. couple of weeks as we get into chapter eight, nine and 10 and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> all of that deep stuff. So, um, yeah, it'll be good, but yep. Yeah. I think, I think with that, I think we're, I think we're good for the day. I think so. so all right. Good stuff. Thanks everyone. Have a great day. Have all a right, great week. Later. Bye.